HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to The Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Eli Zabar. We'll talk to Eli about what else? Food and wine. We'll taste, uh, I think, some burgundies that Eli pulled out for our weekly wine sip. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. What's in a name? Well, if you're a Zabar, that's about as ubiquitous as pizza in New York City. Born and raised in the city, Eli Zabar is part of the legendary family synonymous with food and now wine. Eli separated from his brothers and family to follow his own vision in the 70s, creating a food and wine empire. He is a tireless innovator and has created some of the most unique food and wine concepts in the country. Eli's table just reopened with seasonal fare and one of the largest old world wine collections in New York. So the question begs to be asked, how does a guy approaching 80 have so much energy? We're going to find out. Eli, welcome to the Great Nation. Ma'am, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. All right, so we're talking to Eli in New York City. We're actually sitting and standing at the bar at the recently reopened Eli's Table on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Um, so it's fun to... Era of Passover. Era of Passover, Tuesday. Um, so it's fun to be face to face with Eli because, you know, we know during the pandemic we had to do a lot of remote stuff. All right. Eli, we discussed this off air. I don't want to take a lot of time, but I think it would be important to discuss the history of the Zabars in New York. Um, and important to me, your path to the present. Well, everybody can get the Zabars, the Zabar history by buying my niece, uh, Lori Zabar's book. And so I'm not going to go into it. Unfortunately, 
Lori passed away right mm. before it was published. Uh, but she was a researcher. She was a, a lawyer by education, a Barnard uh, College graduate. Uh, she was an art historian, and she was a great researcher. And the first half of the book really covers uh, uh, our family, right from the Ukraine uh, uh, to my right, right up to almost to the present. Uh, the second half of the book uh, is more of a puff piece for the Zabar store, uh, which is a brilliant, brilliant store. Uh, but if you, but to learn about us, just read the first half of the book. All right. So just to that point, just tell me one thing quickly. So the Zabar families in New York, people think of Zabar. They think of that store on the Upper West Side. Um, what was it in the seventies? Like I said, in the intro, you decided to kind of take your own path, right? Absolutely. So what, tell me. Why? It was quite actually, I mean, separating from your family in, in many ways is always hard. Uh, however, it was a very small business in the, in the 19, in the early 70s, in the late 60s. It was a very small business. Uh, and it was, the store was a fraction of the size that, that it is right. today. And uh, my two brothers are 15 years older than I am. I didn't realize and that. So I was the baby of the family, uh, uh, the child of pros prosperity, uh, so to speak, uh, even though both my brothers went to Horace Mann and uh, on to college and University of Pennsylvania, blah, blah, blah. Well, you went to Columbia. And, and I went to Columbia. Yeah. But I was, I, that, that was my, my, my brothers were really, I'm first generation, but my brothers were really first generation because they, they grew up when my father was, you know, started life as a peddler, you know, in, right. in, in Brooklyn. And, he, and, uh, and then uh, my, mother, my mother hated Brooklyn. And uh, he had a uh, anyway. Read the read the read the history. Okay. We'll go into it. And uh, so when uh, and I had my I I had gone to Europe and I had uh, uh, I, I had my own vision and my vision wasn't the vision that the deli that they had right. was and they brought, they had a partner who was a dynamic retailer Murray Klein and Klein really formed the whole retail business of Zabar's uh, made it successful in operate ran the operation made it successful uh, was a natural publicist uh, my brothers all contributed but the, the was, man, but the man, the man who, the man who really, uh, you know, where the rubber hit the road was Murray Klein. So you said you were going to Europe. You were influenced by what? Food halls and food halls. I was, I was by the by the ingredients. I, I love the we, ingredients. Different of, there than they were. Yeah, and still, there's no farmers market that I've been to here, in uh, that that can compare here being. I'm talking about the New York area. Union that, Square that, that doesn't can, approach doesn't, it at all. Doesn't approach the the fineness and the of 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 we we have a house down in the um, in Provence. Uh, when you go to the market there, it was just picked. It was picked that right before the farmer got to the market. There's there's a. a, a a fineness to it. The, the vegetables are thinner and smaller and 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 uh, uh, more tasty. Well, um, anyway, so but I was very heavily influenced by, you know, 
what I saw, what I ate. Uh, were any of your siblings going to Europe or you were no. even more exploratory in that way where you went and you discovered? No, my, my family, my, my brothers were Israel oriented, Israel focused. And, and certainly that, that until, fairly re, yeah, <laughs> until fairly recently was a culinary desert. And, yeah, uh, no, and, quite the opposite yeah, these yeah. days, and still growing. Yeah, yeah. So until recently, so uh, no, they, they uh, in fact, my brother Saul moved to uh, to Israel for a year or, or two, uh, way back because Klein, Murray Klein, was running the business, and uh, and he hadn't quite found his role. Uh, so, tell me one thing, and then I want to move on off the chronology thing. So you're. You travel, you're impressed by the food halls and the markets and everything in France. You decide your vision's different than the family. Um, just tell me when and what you did. I mean, what was the first, was it a store? Well, okay. Was it a concept? I'm just curious, the yeah, first yeah. flag you, you know, set in the ground. Well, I, I God, it's really hard to... Uh, that's the okay, last okay. one I'm going to ask you. All right, then we're going to kick. So uh, uh, I, I was in love with I was in love with the 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 the, the produce the the uh, 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 what people made. I was in love with 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 bakers and and uh, uh, and I decided and I I went to London and uh, I was in London and I found a, a little store and and there were and it was called Justin the Blanc and and in this store were these very pretty pretty English girls in nice smocks and they were all make they were cooking and they were making things and they would carry them out and I said my god that's exactly what I want to do and I went back to New York and I had a, a couple of bucks and uh, uh, the bank lent me some money so that and, was your inspiration. And, and that was my inspiration. Do you and, feel that you pulled it off? Like and your think, version and, of that worked? And, and I, I had a manifesto. I had a manifesto that I put in the window. Because I, I actually built the store myself. Wow. Uh, and uh, the manifesto really was, I was, going to, I, I was going to find the people that were still left and knew, who knew how to bake and knew how to make things and who had to grow things. And I was going to go to the Fulton Fish Market every morning and pick the fish out myself. And I was going to go to the Hunts Point Market and try to find uh, the vegetables from the small people. You were curating and, and, and procuring and, the best? And, and, and so the manifesto said that, uh, that many of these people were dying off, that their kids were, were becoming lawyers and accountants, and, and there was a bakery up in Harlem that... And, uh, and uh, uh, and we would we would we would uh, I would source out these people. That was my original idea. I was going to source out these people, and then I was going to learn how to cook, and I was going to learn how to bake, and I was going to make dishes from th the product I found. Okay, that all happened, and that all happened until I found that these people were dying off, and they weren't there, and that the bread wasn't any good, <laughs> and that and that. Uh, that I didn't like the croissants that were being made, and I didn't like this, and it got to the point where I didn't like anything, and uh, and I'd walk away and I'd say, "By God, I'm gonna if, if it kills me, I'm gonna learn how to make my, I'm gonna learn how to cook, I'm gonna learn how to bake, I'm gonna learn how to do all these things myself." And and uh, that, so was, that was the history. Wherever you had to look, you looked to learn to do what you wanted to do. 
Right. right. I wanted it to. I wanted it to be very fresh. I wanted it to come out of the oven. Was and anyone doing that? No, there wasn't. I, I, there wasn't anybody else doing what I was doing. Right. And in the you know in, now farm to table fresh, you know farmers markets. Well, that, there weren't gourmet yeah. shops. There weren't places where. They, they, I mean, today I suppose you can go to Whole Foods. I mean. Uh, Give me a break, but uh, and you, well, that's they have more they, organic. They, they have, no, but they have dishes that they're cooking, or they presumably are cooking in Maryland and shipping up here. But that was that's my my, my thing was to make it fresh, and I, I I only wanted to satisfy myself. And then that's, we were, and we were talking about that. But that's a big that. theme that may run through this whole podcast, right? It, you that, know your. Your standard was you, not that guy or this guy. Um, answer this quickly for me because we sort of jumped around a little. I mean, give me your take on the food and wine scene in New York. I mean, I'm not familiar with it because you don't look around and pay attention. No, I don't. I don't. I, I uh, no, I, I am not familiar with. Uh, I, for the first time uh, about a month or so ago, I went out to Brooklyn. Some friends of mine. Uh, uh, Sean Donovan bought an apartment across the street from uh, the Grand Army Plaza, and uh, uh, right across the street there, there was the farmers market. So I, I made a pilgrimage out to the farmers market. I went a pilgrims a pilgrimage out to the Park Slope farmers market the next day on Sunday. But but generally, I, I, I don't I don't look about I don't look at what anybody else is doing. I'm too busy dealing with my own my my own. Dreams, my own wishes, my own things I want to do. Well, it seems like you're, you know, busy enough and fulfilled, so you, you don't have to. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes, but there has been. But I'm not sure, you know, we're there yet. Your point earlier about going to European markets, there's still. Well, I'll give you an yeah. example. Like I, I, I couldn't buy, you know, the tomatoes we have in in, in Provence. I mean, you, you don't need an air. I'm, I mean, I, I love heirloom tomatoes. But you don't need an heirloom tomato. Any tomato that you pick up that's been that's been kissed by the sun, thoughtfully it, grown. Yeah, and yeah. just and and uh, when you buy vegetables, when you go to a market and you buy vegetables, do you know in Europe? I, I'm sure you've seen this, Sam. There's no soil on the veg. There's no soil in the roots. The, the soil is too valuable. Right. Yeah, I mean, they, they approach uh, farming different. I mean, us. you virtually don't have to to wash anything. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. They're 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 regenerative farmers. They, if they don't certify themselves, they practice organics. They don't treat. I mean, that's the difference between Europe and here. And, with a and lot of I, so I was about to say that that I, I wanted tomatoes. I wanted tomatoes that had some flavor. I wanted little lettuces, baby lettuces. That, that so so I, I ended up building greenhouses on the buildings I have on ninety first. So I was going to talk to you about it later, but it okay. fits in now. But this is a long time ago. This isn't yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. eight ten years ago, like the Brooklyn Navy Yard. We're talking. No, we're talking like thirty years ago. Right, yeah, you had the, 90s, the property in the middle nineties. So yeah, we started this in we started this in the middle nineties, about ninety five, I think, something like that. So we've been doing it for you know twenty five years or something. Did you get pushback from the city? Like you can't schlep all this dirt up there and irrigate. Well, or? actually, we we didn't until uh, fairly recently. Apparently, there's nothing in the code that allows for greenhouses as greenhouses. They have to be something else, uh, uh, but. Uh, uh, we mostly have not, no, we've been encouraged. Uh, but the interesting thing is that I've been on European television from all the countries in Europe because of the, uh, you know, uh, 
because of what we've been doing, right. growing on. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, you've been doing more of what com- they do. Yeah, exactly. Than composting, what we do. Uh, composting the vegetables, uh, uh, growing in soil, growing hydroponically, uh, uh, growing on roofs. We've been covered on French TV, German TV, everywhere, Scandinavian. I, I, I don't think I've ever had a, anybody notice me in this country. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that bothers me a little. Um, all right, let me, uh, before I get into wine, because um, I told you we're a wine-centric show, I just want to figure out um, you how want you... want to talk about the wine trips? You want to talk well, about yeah, that? yeah, no, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. Say, yeah. but, but, you know, you've created dozens of concepts in food, wine, hospitality. Um, you don't sit still. I mean, what continues to drive you? Curiosity, interest, uh, like you get uh, hit by COVID and everyone in the hospitality business feels something. We're sitting in Eli's table, closes down. Man, it seems like as soon as you can get it going. You, well, we, we've, been, we've been closed for three full years. Right. But we were, really, we were positioned in COVID to, to help people in that my big market and you've been downstairs yeah. sam you, Huge. you know we have we we have produce that's flown in by our own people from california we we deal with local farmers and so on and so forth all of our meat is sourced from farms that would be, that we know we know the people growing it blah 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 but we but my bread business which supplies hotels restaurants right. caterers for all over the city years. eli's bread closed down they it closed did. down for COVID. It closed down. Oh, because there was we, no hospitality. At, but we were lucky. We had, and then everyone went home and made sourdough on their own. Exactly. Well, that was a good. That was a good. Th- yeah. A good thing. But what also happened was we were in a fourth. We had thirty trucks that were not were ah. idle. At, but we had people calling. Uh, we had food, and we had ways of delivering it. And anybody who found out about us or knew about, so we, got- we were driving out to the end of Long Island. If you placed your order by one o'clock in the afternoon, that's how little traffic there was on the LIE. If you placed your order by one o'clock in the afternoon, you got a delivery by five or six o'clock in the evening to Westchester. To we were delivering the same day. This was. We were very fortunate with, with COVID. Well, you put everything to good use right, and you exactly. were charitable we were, about it and you took your resources um you know knock on wood yeah we were very um, fortunate so what we do you do you lie in bed and all these ideas no, we, don't lie in be- we don't lie in bed at all we go to work every day you gotta we work, sleep a little we work seven Stop. days a week uh and we're, but everything is interesting i mean we uh, it, uh all right so I, people have described you as urgent fair obsessive, as what? Ur- urgent urgent uh, yes. Obsessive, a perfectionist, even arrogant. Have you mellowed at all, or those are the traits that make all this happen? Well, I, I don't. First of all, I, I you don't, don't have to disagree yeah, or agree. Yeah, I don't think uh, uh, wanting my 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 philosophy, and there, just like I had a, a manifesto when I opened in 1973 on the window, what I intended to do. Whether I reach those goals or not, at least there was a manifesto there. Okay, right. Not everyone and takes the my, time to do but, a manifesto. But right. But that's. I felt it was necessary to state what what my goal was, and uh, and. But I would say, uh, what would I? We were talking about the manifesto, but I would say, the guiding principle, and you went over this already, so I don't want to bore everybody. Is, it has to satisfy me. 
and whatever I do has to be has to satisfy me. Whatever I make, whatever I sell, has to satisfy me. And I'm not interested in satisfying the customer. But I think uh, but, with with wait, I think without asking a separate question, I think that you answered it by saying, you know, how much you go through to get quality produce and meats and how you curate everything. So your vision is right and that benefits the consumer. Well, my vision is right and those, and that's my philosophy. And I hope that, I just hope there are enough people who appreciate what I do or what I like. And the rest of the people, yes. and, but you know, it's a small, it's a very small percentage, and 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 uh, you know, and I'm thrilled when a little boy or girl comes up to me and says, you know, I love you, I love that that bread you make, I love that, I love something. I, That's you know, why you I do ate. it. I love it. That's I mean, it's, it's it. like that because you know that 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 child isn't influenced by. It's, I know it's yeah, a they're pure telling the, response. They're telling the truth. It's a pure response. That's a good point. Um, all right, let's talk a little about wine. So is it fair to say, I don't know, a couple decades ago, you made wine more prominent in your food empire? Um, you know, it, 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 let, we talked about the 70s, you know, 20 years ago, maybe a little longer, wine became uh, more of a thing. You also started traveling abroad, which we talked about offline a lot, which we're going to talk about, to satiate your inquisitiveness and, and wine thirst. Um, so... Before we get into the specifics, when did that real awareness or love for wine happen? I mean, is, was it always going on, or I think so, Sam. I think it was always it was always going on, even before even before I went into business. Uh, uh, you always had an eye for wine. I, there was something about wine that I found both exotic and uh, exotic. I found it. It's sexy. I found well. It, it's an agricultural it, product it, which you love, and know, there's a history to it. A, exactly. Yeah, a right. carrot is not a social lubricator. A glass of wine is right. I, that, I, it has so much to it. Uh, it. It embodies so much of our culture, and 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 so many of the things that I'm interested in. And I was always interested. And I and and from the very beginning, I never liked Bordeaux. I, I and I and I don't like why is that I don't like the taste of the Cabernet grape and I don't like the taste of the Merlot grape and uh but so, wait you like me you love northern Rome wines now I'm not equating Syrah to Cabernet but is it the big body or is of or is it the actual taste profile obviously it's a taste profile. I, I'm interested. I, I, I'm interested in very refined. I'm interested in in, in lighter. I'm interested in lighter, uh, uh, more, more. I, I was going to say expressive, but but not. Uh, but that's not a that's not a term and doesn't tell you too much. No, but it's like minerality. Uh, no. I, uh, but I've always been I I've been in love with Burgundy from for I knew I didn't like board uh, I didn't like Cab uh, Cabernet I didn't like the taste of it right or away you, you figured that Although, out pretty because in actually, those days actually Burgundy it, wasn't at the forefront the way no. Bordeaux was no. and now it's kind of flipped you know Bordeaux is trying to fight its way back 
to some kind of prominence. When I was a kid, my brother Saul bought a, somebody's wine collection. It was full of, full of, uh, uh, full of first growths, uh, Bordeaux's, uh, and that were like thirty years old or forty years old. And, and I, and I think kind of what happened is I, and I was only like twelve years old, and and and, and, and I would taste them with them, and and and. And I really, I liked them. I liked the sophistication of them. And, but then, then when I got older and I would taste Bordeaux's, they, they were too young. They, they, were, they, were, they were just, I mean, we were tasting, you know, 30 or 19, you know, 1930s. Uh, he had wines from the, you know, right after the war. Uh, That's and, crazy. And, you know, and, and I thought they were very interesting. But nothing I ever had after that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, so wait, during this period so, of time, there had to be somebody. Um, I got interested actually in this ha- per- it, 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 a little bit. Okay. Go ahead. No, that. What happened was, so actually when I went into business, uh, before I really kind of went too much into the wine business, but, but I decided that, pre-philo- that, that what I needed to drink were pre-philoxtra wines. Okay. And this was like in the 70s. And I had a telex. So I bought a telex machine. <laughs> this is before the internet, and I had it obsessive. The, I'm not wrong. I, I had it in the front window of my store at uh, EAT on seven on uh, 80th and Madison, uh, and that's that's that store is about to celebrate its 50th anniversary wow. in July. Or, uh, I uh, remember that, okay, it. Fifty, you're not uh, that old, but uh, fifty. No, uh, no, but I but, it was but, around. But anyway, you know. I, I anyway I, I I ran it with. With a dishwasher and 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 I, and I had a helper, and uh, so I, I didn't have an office, so I had a telex machine in the front window, and I got the Christie's and Sotheby's auction catalogs, and in those days, in the seventies. There were t- there were still lots of philo- pre-philoxtra wines being offered. Right. I mean, usually not first growth, second growth, growth, and and I used to buy them these uh, and and find them interesting, very very interesting. Uh, anyway, but. But somebody at some point jumps in and influences you a little or guides you in direction? I mean, are there specific well, there, there, people there, at times? There, there are, but the my but then I focused in, then I went to, even before I went to uh, open, I, I did a trip to Burgundy. And I, I, I felt... At, at whose... Somebody had to say, Eli, we're going to Burgundy. We got to try more of these wines. Well, uh, this is really a little bit before I opened, uh, before I had a wine license. I uh, I went to uh, Burgundy. Uh, I knew um, I knew Michael Aaron from Sherry Lehman. They just closed, I I think. Yeah, it's a pity. What a a tragedy. Those. Those assholes ran that ran that business. I know. They that's, ran those, but the two people that own that, they should be shot. That's a whole different. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad I mean, podcast I mean, that's either. Another, that's another. That's a I mean, York I haven't life. shopped there in a million years. But Me that either. was. I stopped that going. Was, that was a great, great. Place. So Michael. Anyway, so Michael, Michael. I knew Michael socially. Michael and, seemed more like and, a Bordeaux guy. Oh, he was. Yeah. Completely Bordeaux. Yeah. But he arranged for me to uh, to go and stay with uh, Louis Latour. You know, blah, 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 blah. and uh, but just driving through the countryside there, I said, "This is for me. I, I this is this is where my love is, where my heart is." And and uh, and then when I finally, it wasn't until '86 that I got. Do you remember it. that Louis Latour trip? Yeah, it, was oh, that '86 or previous? No, to that? that was '70. Uh, oh, so I, that's '70. So, so early. It, on. it wasn't until '86 that I had a restaurant 
at E, I took over the other half of EAT used to be on one side, and then there was a deli on the other side. The guy went out of business, uh, and and I took over the other side. And there's a in the story. I, I was baking. I just started baking bread. Okay, <laughs> so and we were baking bread. It was eighty. 80, 81, and we had like no space. We had an eight by eight space uh, in the basement. We had an oven, and 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 I had a guy down there, and kind of like baking this bread that I invented, basically, because and my my philosophy there was that the uh, that the that the wheats that were available to us were commercially all the commercial uh, growers and, and and that the wheat had no flavor to it. So my theory was, well, you really had to use. A, High heat. You had to burn. The, in fact, a woman named Patricia Wells uh, wrote an article about this. It was called "Burn Your Bread." Okay, I, 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 and I had an oven that I that I got a guy to. He's supposed to only go to four ninety five. It went to six fifty. So we degrees, and we used to bake the bread, and I and they burned it all. Okay, I really because I wanted to get that that wheat to have some taste to it. I wanted I wanted the sugar in the wheat to, to caramelize. Right. And and uh, it was a long story. I only knew how to make rolls. Uh, <laughs> eventually, I learned how to make these kind of ficelles. I called them, and. Um, uh, and we made them for us. So anyway, I didn't have enough room. We had this like tiny space. I was making like uh, 24 loaves of bread. Okay, I mean That's that was uh, you know that was our full production. Anyway, and, and this this so but the store next door came up, and I took it just for the basement. And I didn't know what to do with the upstairs. Honestly, I wasn't in the restaurant or cafe business. I was I'm a retailer, uh, and. A person who bakes and cooks. I don't know anything about restaurants. And so I had to open a cafe because I had the upstairs, but I only took it for the downstairs. But and the best use the best use of the upstairs would have been a casual cafe. Yeah, and that's what it and was. You, I, and you were thinking of wine there too? I that's mean, what I thought. That's when I thought we could have wine, okay? But does, is, does that give you the palate to take, like we talked about earlier, you do it for yourself, to take the wines you well, love? this is where... Or it's not okay. even that sophisticated at that point. At that point, it's not, it's Burgundy's, but it's not that, and it's Cote d'Arons, but it's not that sophisticated. But, uh, um, but... The end of the baking story was we, we so we in the it turns out in the basement of this building, the building was built there in 1880. In the backyard, there used to be this big hump, and I thought it was an oil tank. And when I got the space next door, and we we opened up the wall, it turned out to be a, a brick a brick bread oven. Oh, I, no, I mean, this is one of the greatest. You restored it. I, I I didn't have to. It was already, it, it hadn't been used in 70 or 80 years. What, it, it was a fire. It, was, it was actually, the thing was, it was coal fired. And of course, you couldn't get away with that. So we, we, we converted it to gas fire. And uh, so I, the breads I, were discernibly different. They, that's when kind that's, of like we really started getting into bakery. That's a crazy bakery. story. I know, it was just a stroke just of luck. I, mean, I discovered a, a, an oven, a well, brick you oven. discovered the solution by a discovery. That's anyway, crazy. So this is boring. Your crowd. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, I, I like that. About wine. So we're, but we're, you're getting back to the wine so we're story. We, you don't like Bordeaux. Um, you and, discovered and, Burgundy. Let's talk about something that's been a kind of a regular important part of your life, and that's you've been traveling to Burgundy on a regular basis. And I would assume the trips in the past years are different than the ones 20, 25 years ago because of your knowledge of the way things evolve. But one of the cool things that I sort of know 
knew that you told me is you're a jet pilot and you fly yourself right yeah right to so burgundy we, with right. your with eli's posse I, <laughs> yeah so uh it, i've been a pilot since 1980 July of 1980, and I've flown all kinds of airplanes, and I have all kinds of ratings. But uh, I uh, started to fly my own plane to Europe. It, it took three or four stops to get there, but uh, of course, it doesn't have the range of a 747. No. But, but at but any rate, wait, I, did, did you do that? Because you know, in talking to you before and talking to you now, did you do that? Because you. Get there quicker, cover more ground, or it was just the hobby that you wanted. No, to I did it because I could. I could cover. Right, there was a you motive. were telling me the story of going to the Alto Adige. So you flew into Mil- uh, Milan, then you took a bus, Wasted and then you took a a this, and then you took you a that. Want, so okay. your motivation so was to avoid that. We're there. We're there like nine or ten days a year. Okay, and uh, we're we're doing this as you know. You know how many hundreds of how many wine people do we visit? Three or four people in the morning, three or four people in the afternoon. You know, an average of fifteen or twenty wines it's each crazy. time. And then you know you you have dinner, you go to sleep, and you start again the next day. Uh, and or we're we just can't take that much time away from from uh, you know the rest of our work. Uh, being right. here, right. Uh, I go with. Uh, um, the, uh, with people who work for me, and I was really fortunate. It was a stroke of luck that I met somewhere around nineteen, about two thousand. I met a fellow named Jean Emmanuel Simon. His name is Jess, and Jess is a highly educated Frenchman, young man at that time. My my niece who went to Brown took her junior junior year abroad, and this guy was going to Science Po, which is like going to Yale or whatever, right. Harvard, and uh, and they all became friends. And out of this experience, he's become my wine advisor, and he is actually and he goes on every trip, he organizes the trip, and the fortunate thing was that he was a, he had been making he made a name for himself in in Europe. Uh, and he had a- entree, he had access to get to, th- that if we were there to learn, he wanted to take us to the people we could learn from. And so, so he really so refined he, the experience. He refined the experience. Yeah. So that, 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 uh, you know, that when you went to, you, we went, from the very beginning, we went to visit people like uh, Rousseau, Lafarge, uh, 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 wh- whoever it is, we, 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 in every place we, we uh, and we also went to young people. And, and we, you know, and, uh, you, you know, where are the big bargains today? They're in, you know, they're in the, the Cote de Nuit. That's where so they are. So let's talk about okay, that. But, so I mentioned that off air. So we could pose the question the way you said, where are the big bargains? Where is the, the best value? Yeah. They're in the South? They're in the so South. So the Cote de Nuit. The, well, the Cote de Nuit, which has a which is, uh, uh, you know, has a lot of different vineyards, a lot of different spe- areas. Uh, but we visit, we don't only visit, uh, uh, you know, uh, whoever it is. Uh, I was going to say, you, uh, you, you look visit, for smaller producers, we, we, newer he, producers, but people we, that spin off from the family business. I'm sure, Sam, you're familiar with, and I don't read French well enough to read this publication. I can't even pronounce anything okay? in French. But Revue de Vente de France. Revue de Vente de France is the most important wine magazine. Wine, wine magazine. Written in French. It's written in French. 
that there is. Okay. So that he is the happens to be he is the correspondent for uh, Cote de Nuit. Okay. He also is was the correspondent for Sancerre. For he wrote a, an amazing piece on um, Corsica. Uh, he makes discoveries. So when we when we go on our trip, it's so curated. It's like we don't waste any time by having the transportation, my plane, the driver, right. car. It's there. It's waiting for us. We're going. Okay. But we also, the trip is curated by, by we call him Jess, by Jess, because we're going to see well, the, yeah, the growers who represent a point of view that right. he thinks we should understand. He's got an inside track on that. What I like, and you told me this, is that you bring your wine guy from the restaurants and you bring your other wine person. I bring my whole wine your, team. Your whole wine team. You know, Sasha, your son, told me he's made a few trips. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a really nice thing. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty big deal to go there, but to fly out on your own and, you know, have somebody. I mean, it's, it sounds pretty special. Um, another thing that you cited to me and that I stumbled along is, and this is no big surprise that, you know, if you love Burgundy, you love Barolo. Right. Now, was Barolo always something same time with Burgundy or, you know, you kind of no. felt it no. a little this later is, on? This, this, is, this is a later on understanding. I, I, uh, this, Did you this, know of Barolo but oh, just yeah. didn't? You, sure. you weren't I, drinking a lot? You I, were consumed I, with? Yeah. The, the wines of Piedmont and and the 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 area I, I was fairly even though we we bought them and we, we sold them i was pretty fairly at the beginning i was pr very ignorant and uh, i don't think we really were into it very much but but uh, jess jess was the entree to this whole experience so because jess helped jess, with barola jess more than helped jess started a business which was unique he was importing italian wines into France and Paris. You can imagine what kind of response he Oof. got at the very beginning. Try to sell a Frenchman a bottle of Italian wine. Oof. Okay, but he understood that, he understood the international quality, character of the French of, that were coming into the, the, the tourism. He understood the young people into, into banking. He understood, uh, he understood the young people that, that were not gonna just eat you know, uh, the beef bourguignon every day, okay? Right. And, and that they had traveled. Uh, and so he developed, he has developed a, an amazing business of absolutely curating the very best producers of wine in Italy that he imports into Paris, okay? And his first focus before he really expanded his whole was was in Piedmont, was in Barolo. And that's how it was. And, of course, in those days, it was very easy to see people. Uh, I think it still is. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think, think Barolo I think, is I think less still, intense yes, than some of these you, other. You can still see. The, yeah. You could, you could, you could still, probably get into, like, Viette or, you oh, know, yeah. any of the big guys sure. if you call them. Or yeah, no, I think you can get in. And I yeah. think it's, and they're very welcoming. I mean, yeah. it, small guy, big guy, they're all I, I really, they're, it's, it's a different story than, than yeah. Burgundy. I mean. Uh, so I, I told you this, that, you know, I, I got into Barolo almost equally as I did with Burgundy and it was more accessible and cheaper to drink Barolo. Then I started drinking Barolo and... Um, I started drinking Barbaresco 
And I found out that I like Barbaresco more than Barolo. Well, I think that why is that? I don't is it know because that. it's I don't, softer. Or? I, I think it depends who's making it. I, I, well, first I'm, of all, I'm, what we're talking trust about. Trust me, here, I'm drinking okay. the better producers. Okay. But what we're talking about is the Nebbiolo grape. Right. Okay. This is really. Well, let's Barolo forget about. Barbaresco. Let's forget about what we call what we call what we call it. Let's just say that we that once you love Burgundy, once you love Pinot Noir. Once you really love Pinot Noir of the old of, of the old world, okay, you will fall in love with with you'll fall in love with Nebbiolo because it's 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 a it's a cousin. It's like a first right. cousin. It has that it, finesse and nuance. That, it has that finesse and nuance. Light. It looks like it's water when you swirl it in the glass. The color is is unique. I mean, and the the the, the nose is is a, and also and I don't I didn't get into this, but we have fifty thousand plus bottles here. In, so in, I'm going to talk okay, to you but, about but, that. I, but we don't, we, there, my goal, and again, my philosophy is these wines need to be aged. They need to be cellared. Okay. Right. And, so if and, you're going to approach it, you want to serve it right. Which I want, may I be want, on your dime to let it sit there for gonna, years. Exactly. It's right. going to be on my dime. Right. And, and it's because uh, the, the, the wines have to express what, God, what nature, and what the winemaker, what, what right. the winemaker, I mean, Neil, my friend, Neil Rosenthal hates that word. Okay, <laughs> nobody makes wine but God. Okay, but, but, but it has to express what those points I just made were. Otherwise, why drink it? I okay. agree. And maybe it will express it better in 20 years than it will in 10, but at least in 10, you get the basic idea. I think, listen, a lot of people, restaurants, don't do it because of cost or space or, yeah. more importantly, mentality. They just don't think. I think it's more, men I think it's mentality. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's, look, you know, uh, I, I'm, uh, I would say, you know, I'm not a merchant. Uh, I, I'm more of a collector. In everything I do, I'm more of a collector. I think how you do things is based on collecting and knowing more about them um yeah let me just finish on the wine thing and then i want to talk about the restaurant the cellar yeah. and all that do you drink what, what percentage wise what would you say red to white do you drink whites oh yeah i love white wine white burgundy i love white burgundy do you but go I, love, I actually i actually like white wines i love bur white burgundies but i also love white wines from everywhere Right. I mean, I, I, I would say I, ubiquitous uh, is my love for white wines. I, I, I Corsica, I don't care where we're, uh, uh, Greece, uh, 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 Sardinia, yeah, I mean, Greece uh, is... the Azores. Uh, I, I mean, I, I love white wines from uh, I, I agree uh, from, with you. from everywhere. Like, you know, like I said, I was in the Alto Adige. Yeah, I love the white you know, wines. They're, they're, when you see how they're making it and their passion and how they farm, you know, it's just, you know, added to your list. Yeah. Um, any winemakers, regions, producers exciting you right now? Pops out of your head. I know you you didn't want me to do specifics, but well, I'm not. Uh, I, I think I, regions I, too. I didn't just say yeah, a wine. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I had uh, God. Uh, well, we have tons of delicious white wines from Santorini in in Greece. Greece is really. Uh, I, I I had a couple of wonderful wines from Porto, right outside of uh, in, uh, 
which I thought were were amazing. Uh, Great the, value. Um, too. I, I love I love Marco de Grazia's wines uh, from Sicily. From Sicily and all but that. I, I I think there's a lot. Not only Marco. I mean, uh, Marco's whites are good, but his reds are brilliant. But but the there are a lot of really interesting white wines that open up in the glass. And I, I think I that's agree. I think that's they open up in the glass. Uh, look, we, we we just had a really uh, every year. Uh, I'll, I'll diverge for a half a second. Uh, there, there's a, a there's a wonderful Bur Burgundy tasting in in Paris uh, in March, and it's called the Domaine Familiar, Domaines Familiar. And uh, do you ever go? Yes, I go every year. So you okay. were there this past. I month? just came back. Yeah. Okay. I just came back. Uh, but the uh, but on the Sunday night, the, the tasting is on Monday morning. Okay, and it's it's in this big palais kind of thing, but but um, but it's selective, uh, and it's not uh, it's not like this. I, I have a very I this uh, Polet thing here. Okay, I couldn't have the low. I have the lowest possible regard for for Polet, the Polet and all the people that go to it. So let's it's one let's, guy's okay. vision. Well, you know, and I think he's. I think uh, uh, what's the name? He's done a great. Daniel. Daniel's done a great job. I, I think he's. I, mean, I think he's. You know, I think he's brilliant. What he did with with making that into a right. and making a big living out of it. I think and and satisfying lots of people. But I have a. I, I like intimacy. I like a few people. Uh, I, I don't go to taste things, but the, anyway. So we do this. Uh, we do this. Uh, of this domain familiar, which is our money, money. But on Sunday night in my apartment in Paris, I have a dinner for usually between 20 and 30 people. And, um, and I invite the winemaker, I, many of the nice. winemakers and their wives and kids that, that are going to be in the, at the domain the next day. That's they, great. So, uh, uh, at any rate, the reason I bring this up is that I bought a couple of, I bought, I bought some, uh, uh, some Chave white wine at an auction, at a very interesting Burgundy auction. Where? Uh, and it was from 78, 1978 and 79, okay? Okay, we are the, we, and the whole point at this dinner, because they're all Burgundy winemakers, is not to serve any Burgundy. We serve no, people, but we don't want anybody to bring bottles. It's not that kind of so dinner. So you bought the okay. Hermitage and I, Blanc. I, I bought the Hermitage Age. Blanc from 78, 79. You can ask Herman, you can ask anybody who's there. The, the, first of all, when you opened it up, you had to wait an hour for anything really? to happen. Okay, Still. this was so fabulous. I mean, and everybody becomes like, "Hey, what's that? Where's that from?" You know, and, and uh, so awesome. when you say we're talking about white wine, there's a that's there's a, a wine that's, that's what fifty years old. That's a good example, and a and good it was story. not expensive. I mean, they, well then, no, but I bought it at auction. I think I paid oh. like twenty or thirty bucks or forty dollars ah. uh, a, a bottle for it, ah. uh, something like two. All right, Eli, we have to take a quick break, yeah, so that we could put our underwriters and sponsors in. We're talking to Eli Zabar. We'll be back, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Eli about. Um, all the stuff that he's doing up here, you know, some recent stuff, Eli's table, talk about his wine cellar, which he brought up. You're listening to The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. 
Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Okay, we're back. We're back with my guest, Eli Zabar. Eli, before we get into, you know, some specifics, it's fair to say, I knew this before, I know it even more, that you are the supreme foodie. Um, Does wine have the same value to you as food? Did it earn its way? It's not there. Food is like, you know, what's in your heart. Well, first of all, I resent being called a foodie. I, but what, anyway, whatever but, uh, but, I meant, it's but, but to sure, be the highest, I'm, I'm sure, the highest I'm, explanation of what well, you are. Well, okay. I mean, I'm just pursuing what I just, as we kept saying over and over in the first part of the program, I just keep pursuing what I think is right. Uh, the, uh, I mean, do I value wine more than I value food uh, ingredients? No. No, uh, uh, wine is a way of life. uh, So they're different. But food is food. You food you can make yourself, and and nothing. There's nothing better. There's nothing greater than than what you can do. That what you can do yourself. So Uh, you value food more than wine. Yeah. For for it's not a contest. No, it's just that it resonates more with you. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. All the stuff that's going on here. Let's talk about what we're doing right now. We are in Eli's Table, which is on the Upper East Side on 80th Street and 3rd. Um, you're reopening this. Um, it closed during the pandemic. Um, tell me about the reopen. Tell me about the food. Tell me about the wine list. Um, and that wine list has to track to the seller that I mentioned in the intro. And you said, you know, we have a 50,000, you know, you well, dropped that like it was nothing. Well, it's not nothing, but it's, no, no, I, it's, but I'm proud of it because we start, I started buying wine, uh, you know, in the year 2000. So, uh, we're, we're talking about vintages from the really basically from the nineties, uh, and they were much more available. I mean, so it's, it's but, a deep vintage collection. Yeah, it's a deep, and we, and and we, I think we've stayed, you know, basically with this, just a, a, a curated group. Uh, we, we buy uh, that we buy every year, uh, you know, and uh, uh, there's so, a core, there's a core kind of buyer interest that you yeah, have, and, and right. And, but we buy, you know, we buy anything that tastes good. So and, and you know that is good. So, but but we have a core group that that. Uh, but does that this go back to the Eli theory where you're buying only what you like? Yeah. Do you have to sit there and go, well, this is on the menu, or the market likes this, so I got to buy a little of that? 
No, we don't do no. that. No, we, <laughs> we, we, we don't do that. We leave that for everybody else to do. Okay. Okay. That, that everybody else is, you know. So it only reflects your taste yeah, again. It only reflects my and taste. And everything we but talk about, the Barolo, the Burgundy, that's all represented well. Oh, yeah. Well. That's, that, yeah. And, and, and we talked about white wine. There's, there's tons of small white wine. Uh, and there, and uh, uh, there are interesting reds that are, you know, very reasonably priced too. But, but, but they all represent the philosophy in, in, in the way they're made, or or what they taste like, or their profile, Story. their profile. And I think, for instance, I, I I love my friend Neil Rosenthal because he has a vision. He has Neil, a profile. the importer, the importer. Yeah, I mean, and his... I, I think Doug Polaner, for instance, these are two people that have a that that that, that have a vision of the way it's supposed to be had a vision, pursued it, still have it, and stick true to it. Right. And and whereas there are a lot of other good import I mean, there are a lot of good importers, I mean, uh, uh, but but there there's, there's much more pandering to the market. Yeah. Uh, uh, or they, but I, I mean, I there's like a Kermit lot of Lynch, smaller guys Kermit, now. Kermit Lynch is great too. I mean, but, but he's, but, but, uh, he's but, one of the original. He's great. He rolls wines. If you, you, you can, you know, if you look on the label on the back, on the back of a bottle, you, you look for, you, you look for a half a dozen people anyway, but when, but, well, to but, your point, if you had to just live with Rosenthal, Rosenthal stuff or Lynch's, you wouldn't be unhappy. Oh, I'd compared be, I'd to be, other guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd, be, because, com- I'd be completely yeah. filled. But how do we get off on this? Uh, well, it, I want to talk about the seller because the, okay. what it led to is the list is pretty much your taste. Um, but and before I, you get into that, you have to understand how this restaurant works. Tell me. Okay, because it's 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 absolutely different than any other place that I know of in New York City. As you know, Sam, downstairs is probably the most amazing food market Market. in the city of New York. Okay. Literally below us. But it's really, really, you take the escalator down and you meet the farms and you meet all the things, you meet the dairies, you meet, you meet all that stuff. The idea is for the chef and he's been, and we have the same basic crew for 20 years. Okay. Every day he goes down at 12 o'clock and he goes shopping. Okay, he goes shopping like a chef would go to the uh, farmer's, farmer's market. market. But a chef to the farmer's market, a chef in every other restaurant, he's got to call up the Brega and Spittler or one of these uh, meat uh, companies, and he's got to he's got to know a, a day, two, three, four days in advance. What? No, when 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 Monty goes downstairs, Monty Javier, when the group goes downstairs, they are foraging. They have to see, they have to speak to everybody, manager down there, what just came in, what is coming in, what is really interesting. And they have to not just take the manager's word for it, they have to inspect, inspect what's there. Now, the whole menu doesn't change every day. It'd be impossible to change. Right. But, and I happen to love steak. Okay, and we have the very best steaks. We, all our meat is dry aged, you can look at it. And, uh, um, but so I always want steak on the menu, okay? And but we have there's so many different vegetables, there's so many different things coming in now. I mean, of course so we go go back a step because Monty goes downstairs and uses your market as like a farmer's that's market. That's right. Who's and I you mentioned this, but but clarify for me, 
who's getting the stuff in there from Monty? This is what you talked about, where you talk about meat purveyors and fruit guys. I, I mean, who's getting the original source stuff in there? Well, that comes from the managers of the of the different uh, problems. Okay. Like right now, you see, actually, the truck you, that, you, just pull, that just pulled up as we are having this meeting, it's called Mahan's Farm. So okay? he found so, that because so they found, have an yeah, item exactly, or and, cheeses and, that... Exactly. Yeah, okay, so, so... I got it. So that's, so, that's his job. So you entrust and, a lot of right. responsibility to the managers. Right. So so that's good for the consumer, good for you and the restaurant. Right. And and we have different buyers and and, and that's their job they, 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 to not only sell it, but to find it and also to curate it, to go through like what we sell to- You have like a wine seller and a food seller in a yeah, way. It is yeah, your food but, seller. But this is very perishable. And and so, uh, you know, when they- when, Things have to be moved. It's, we're in the food business. Where this isn't Oof. like a, uh, this is perishable and personnel yeah. are the and two. And you've most- got to you've got to keep everything fresh. And the only, and the way we do keep these everything fresh is by by going through the stands, the the produce, and whatever is a little damaged gets into a tomato sauce that's made by the commissary. Whatever you know, if there are too the guy's got too many artichokes, what are you going to have on the menu? You're artichokes. A, you're able to manage okay. that, have, that food chain. You're going to have have artichokes and and uh, and uh, so you're that's that's how okay so now i've told you how the menu comes but, about so but so here's a good segue for us is the menu or is the wine designed for the menu or the menu complements your wine list because it's very specific or are they just random and work together the the it's like a good, good question. I, 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 I mean, the, me, the, 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 the food lends itself. All the food, because we don't do much to it. The, 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 it couldn't be simpler here, okay? Uh, you know, this, this is a great home-cooked meal. That's what you get here, okay? And the reason you come here is because you can't cook it yourself, Right. Okay, and not necessarily and get those ingredients. You don't either. have the ingredients. You don't right. know how. You don't have the time. This—that's what I'm aiming for. I am—I'm aiming for the simplest possible preparation. I'm aiming for for those carrots just to be steamed. And is and, that and, a fair philosophy from back? In the beginning days From to the now, very I beginning. mean that hasn't you that know, hasn't changed. Let it. let the food like it's terroir. Let the land let, speak let, for the wine. Right, exactly. Let, yeah. We th- this is non-interventionist. Everything we are trying to do is non-interventionist. <laughs> That's a good but, way to put it because people never think of food that way. Um, so, so we got the food part done. So we got the food part done. Fifty thousand bottles of wine. Not all in one place, is it? You have it spread no, out. No, we have. We have. Uh, well, fortunately, we have uh, a lot of storage here. Right. Uh, and, and I own the market. I own the condominium, and and actually, we made. Honestly, we made the restaurant ten feet shorter because I wanted to serve fewer guests. But I created a storeroom, another storeroom with the ten feet I took Jesus. away. Okay. So what? What did I want? More fewer guests or more wine storage? Anyway, we have property where we have the greenhouses over on Ninety uh, First Street where we built. Uh, right and and we're thirty feet below the surface. Be oh, wow. 20, 25 feet below below grade. But we also have everything temperature controlled. Wow. Um, who is helping you with the wine program? We talked about your trips to Burgundy. 
who's helping you at the restaurant. I mean, at, you okay. have the vision, at, at you're the, the rest- collector, but you can't. Well, I'm not, the, exactly. I don't grow the vegetables in the greenhouse. Right, right, right. I don't, I don't, I have to depend upon people I trust and who understand my vision. And these people who are here do that. Uh, Herman in, in, the, in the wine store is really the general director of, uh, uh, he understands exactly, maybe better than I do what my vision is. Okay. So you're, the wine store is the wine store next to Eli's yeah, table yeah. where the main market right. is. That's, it, that's the main. It is the most curated. It is the it, it is a wine store with maybe just three or f- a few hundred selections. But each one of those selections represents the very best for, for of, of the, the winemaker, the uh, the price point, we don't sell the Grand Cruz there or the first gross there. This is an introduction to wine. Right. This this is to teach it's, you you'll about You'll get that wine. burgundy value that may be a gateway to becoming more inquisitive and a right. collector. Exactly. exactly. Because it's curated good exactly. stuff. Exactly. If you want Grand Cruz and things like that, you plenty go, go on the internet and go buy them on the internet somewhere. Plenty, plenty okay. of... All, okay. But that fifth, the, the so-called 50,000, that's for the restaurant. That's not for the wine store. No, no, I get that. Okay. I get but, that. Um, but I want everybody gonna, else to understand that. Are you going to take advantage of the new restaurant and this ongoing collection of wine? Are you going to do winemaker dinners are you going to do events or that's not something you want to get no no actually i'd like that i mean in the reopening of this no actually we have we have don't you have the sway if somebody's in town or to get enough wine to do i mean that yeah yeah, well sure i mean uh, uh we do and and we are going to be we're making our program much more, more ambitious than it was. Uh, because well, you have the platform here. We have the platform, but uh, also, also, I like to, I like to, uh, I like to be, I ne- I've never had a dinner, I've never been, I've never dined with anybody I had to dine with. What does that mean? Well, it means that I don't go for business dinners. Okay, I don't go oh, for business lunches. Yeah, I don't. I I I I dine with people I want to dine with. Right. Okay, so uh, it's we, easy when you're the boss too. I mean, you're the boss, so you can make that call. But well, okay. you also okay. cannot but, go to something you don't want to go to. Yeah, and that's why I don't belong to any wine organization. I don't go to any wine dinners. Uh, you I don't, don't give I don't a crap about people. any of those. I, I that really, distraction. I, I, that's, that's a funny thing. That's pretty much the truth. Okay, no, that, no, no, that no, is I, absolutely I, true. Yeah. Anyway, the long sort of, sort of is we are we're going to do introductory classes. We're doing we're going to start a very ambitious program of wine classes uh, during the day here, as well as some in the evening. We have uh, a Clodal Lambre, which is one of mo- the most interesting. I mean, it was bought by LVMH, but 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 it was always good. the wines were always good not great but now the winemaker is really special i can't remember really? his name now he's really great we're going to have a we're going, he is going to he is going to explain what he does he's very articulate i wish i could remember his name right now but, yeah, but I don't and, and, and and he's going to talk about what he's doing there and we're going to have uh, you know i wish i could I, the problem is you know we're going to have like eight people and I'm gonna. Uh, and we have lots of people. We're gonna have lots of dinners like this, where it's for people who really want to understand what the wine makes. It's it's not about getting drunk 
at a, at a, at no, 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 no. It's, it's, you know, we're past that. No, that's, I, I, that's when I first went into this, all the wine stores used to have, uh, they used to invite all the, their customers to come and everybody got nice and drunk and so on. And then buy some and, wine. And, and buy wine. Now, we never participated in any of that nonsense. Yeah, you know, okay. I don't, okay. I don't think but you today need to. we have a very, we have a, you know, it's remarkable over the last 20 years, one of the great revolutions in the city is the interest in wine by young people. Yeah. And, so. and you got very serious people who really, really, they studied, they, they, they go to tastings, they're interested, they're not schmucks. No, I think yeah, very schmuck, much. The schmuck and they're interested in the story, the quality. You know, they, they dig are. a little deeper yeah. into how and, are these guys farming. And the they spend family. their own nickel to go. They spend yeah. their own nickel to go, to go I, on I like, trips. I like, and it's not just, uh, you know. I uh, like the direction that's going. Yeah, yeah. All right. We don't have to wrap up yet, but I want to get to a couple things. I yeah. want to get to our wine list and I want to, you know, oh, take, take a few here. sips. Yeah, okay. All right. So what's next for you? Is there a next? I mean, is there something on the table that's going to. I mean, we did talk about this place just open, and you're going to pursue well, I think, I think wine. A, but, I, think, but, I think there's a lot going. I think the programs. I think we really need to do a lot more education. Uh, I belong to. Uh, I said I don't belong to any club, but I don't. I, I, in, in London, I belong to 67 Paul Mall, and I think that they've done a really good job. Good model to they, follow. They, and I, I'm not going to be able to do 67 Paul Mall, but I'd like to do. And of course, the winemakers and all these, you know, uh, all these. Uh, 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 master cool. of wines are all over the place there i mean I uh, how far how how long does it take guy, guy to get across the channel right you know well uh, that's but, proximity yeah, and geography yeah so well, we got new we york got, at least you're in new york if they're coming they come to new york first gonna, or only right, right so and you have the relationship yeah, so, so make that happen yeah we're gonna have that so all right that's so we do a thing called the wine list i yeah. ask my guests five questions i've asked every guest on every show the same five questions so this isn't Taylor to Eli or whatever. Be spontaneous. Don't dwell on them. Let's move through this quickly, all right? What are you drinking now? What's in the fridge? What's interesting you? Are your tastes changing from the seasonality? We know you love Barolo. We know you love Burgundy. You love the white. Is there anything specific? You never mentioned the word champagne once. I mean, tell me what... All right, so what I drink is we open, okay, in the restaurant here we have 15 whites and... Oh, by the glass? By the glass. Know? We have 15 whites and 15 reds. Wow. And, and what I... It's a very ambitious program because there are different profiles to these wines. So what, when you get served a glass of wine, yeah, th there's a reason for it, okay? And what I'm, do, what I'm doing now, okay, I most... I, I, I drink what 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 we what we have opened. You're, what we're what we're. Well, you're also tasting to build that list up. You know, whatever right. you and Killian or whatever. Yeah, well, Killian and Thibault. We have another guy, Thibault. Right. Okay, uh, and, and uh, so so okay. So I'm not helping your audience by telling giving you a name. What I'm saying is there. Are, these are wines from all over the 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 the, the old world. And they have different profiles, and, and that's what we're drinking now. Well, that's okay for an answer. I mean, a lot of people come up with specifics. Some people even say, I'm sick of wine, I'm drinking beer. However, we had, <laughs> however, just as an aside, uh, there was a, uh, there was a, a dinner 
I wasn't part of this dinner. It was a dinner at, I have a, a something called Bar 91. It's on 91st in Madison. It, it, it's the most wonderful, most interesting, and most underappreciated uh, business, business that I've got. Because right. the food is great. Drives and, crazy. And, and the wine list is interesting. But there was a very interesting dinner there, uh, like a few nights ago. Um, uh, uh, Paul Wasserman, Who's Be- Becky's, Becky's who son? Passed away, right? Son, Becky right. and Becky was great. I yeah. mean, she was great. Uh, uh, Paul was there. Uh, Skernick was there. Michael, uh, Dan Feldman, who's running operations, was there, and David, um, who's running uh, other operations, and so they were all sitting there, and they were. Talking and doing business. I wasn't invited to the thing, but I went across the street to my house and I and I pull, pulled out a bottle of '91 Balmain from oh uh, uh, that's crazy from I think it was Jadot, and it was real and and I gave it to them as a gift because they wow. were it's so exciting. And so what did I have? What was the last glass of red I had? That that '91 Balmain. All right, so that's and it took good. about four hours for that to really open up. Oh, really? Um, all right, so that's how you answer that question. The second question I ask everyone, I realized I thought maybe it became the goofiest question, but I'm probably more excited to ask this question to you than any guest I've ever had. And the question is, what's your your favorite wine and food pairing? Not what the ultimate wine and food pairing is or what everyone thinks. What, and it's not something, obviously, you're going to eat every night, every month or whatever, but what works? Like when you're sitting there with that wine and that food, it's does, is that an answerable question to you? Go to another question. Let's see. Uh, that takes right. a bit of thought. I mean, uh, all right. So you obviously <clears throat> busy guy. Like you said, you're standing right now. I'm sitting. You're. You said before you don't sleep. Can you answer this question? Do you have a favorite wine restaurant and or bar? Beyond your empire, is there anyone out there that doesn't like you, that cares, that curates, that has a good vibe, good list, good people? Yeah, there are two. Go uh, ahead. There, there are two here. There, there are two in the city that, uh, listen, there are probably a lot, but they already told no, you no, I never go anywhere. No, I'm not asking anywhere. for all of them. And, I, I and never, whatever you mention isn't your number one and two. It's I, I, just I, an idea. I, I, I never go anywhere, so you're talking to the wrong That's, guy. I prefaced okay. it that way. Okay. So, but so, I'm okay, there are two. two. Are, okay. Uh, I would say Chamber Street. Uh, Do you know I, Pascaline I, or I, I, I know Pascaline. Uh, David Lilly. I, I think David is great. I, so I, that's I, a great answer. I, think I love that's that. One, that's but I want to give you another answer because no, there's one that nobody knows about. Go ahead. Okay. It just opened. It opened last week. It's called Justine on the Hudson. It's owned by Neil. Re- Neil. It's owned by Neil Rosenthal's daughter. Where, where are we on the Hudson? It's not on the Hudson at oh. all. It's on 10th Street and it's on 10th Street and um, uh, Hudson. It's on 10th okay. and Hudson. Opened last week. It has, it's unique. Justine's. It's called Justine. Food and Hudson. wine? Food and wine. Not, not I, I'm wine. not, not going to, I'm telling you about the wine. Okay, because you asked me about wine. Okay? Yeah, no, no. You didn't ask me no, about No, I food. said restaurant okay. and or bar, but okay. that's okay. Okay. I, uh, but that's why I asked this question, because I never even heard of I, Justine's, I, I, and I'm pretty they wired. Just, they just opened, okay. okay, and they've had no publicity. Okay. Okay, and that's why it, it's on your show that the first- There you go. And, and he's probably going to be From a guy pissed, who knows what he's okay? talking The wine list is extraordinary, okay, in that they're, first of all, they're all Rosenthal wines. 
Okay, and as we talked before, Good list. you you can't do you can't. Secondly, there's there's people you never heard of. Okay, right. and the wines are like you know fifty to. Uh, 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 you know, I, I had something expensive, 110 bucks. I can't remember what it was. That's crazy. I, 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 oh, what did I have? Oh, I had a Chateau Simone. And oh. they're all and they're Is all, Rosenthal Simone? Yeah. And they're all they all have age to them. That problem well, going don't to they release them at age, Simone? Yeah. Yeah. They release them at yeah. I had the 16, which which does isn't very old for but Not it a was bad vintage, but though. it was really delicious. Okay. Right. $110 on the list. I mean, come on. That's a good I, I mean, so I if I were everybody, but he only has like about 30 seats and nine at the bar. That's so. all right. I mean, you yeah. know, a lot of these yeah. places. So, yeah. um, Racine's. Okay. So I, but Chambers. I, it's Cham- now called Cham- Chambers, Chambers and Justine. Chambers is, uh, Chambers is excellent. All right. Fourth uh, question. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's the question. I got to explain it to you. When I started the show, I wanted to ask people, what's your favorite all time wine? Then I realized that's kind of a bullshit question. What the question morphed into is, what is that wine to Eli Zabar that awakened you, that was a gateway, that made the impression that you still think about, that had a lot to do with, you know, how you approach wine and all that? It could be one or two. Is there something? Most people can nail it. Sometimes people answered it was a champagne when they got engaged. It wasn't even that good. The... I, I, the, the, I don't have any. Uh, I, I don't have any epiphany wine that way. I'm not but even. I do, but I do remember some wines that I that I've had that 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 uh, I kind of judge everything. Still, uh, that's still in my mind. So, that I still. So I, I, had a, I had a Chambon Moussigny from 2010 from Brumier that I I still remember on that on that day. Uh, I, I had. Uh, Recently, a '91 uh, Chevalier Montrachet from uh, from uh, Le Fleuve. Uh, uh, that that the I, I still remember what they taste like. It's a question of yeah. It's a question of remembering. Yeah, I mean, you can have an emotional experience. Well, of, no, that that uh, of course, is, you're, 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 that you're, answers you know, the question. You're, you're, you got a new girlfriend or something, but 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 no, it's no, what, no. That's it's, the root of the question is how you answered it. Yeah. These wines are still memorable. They're to still, you. They're still, we know they're, they're great makers. They're still memorable. And, uh, you know, there are probably others, but, but you ask, you know. All right, here's the story. second to last question because yeah. we have to yeah. go back yeah. to wine and food yeah. pairing, which I want you to work on. I think you could do this because you're a retailer. I want you to recommend to me the best wine around 15 20 22 bucks retail. And the reason I'm asking is I have kids probably a little younger than Sasha, that are going to wine dinners, buying gifts. They can't buy crappy $9, $11 bottles, but they can't afford $40, $50 yet. So are there producers that you could recommend to me? You could even go category, like Muscadet is still a good value for the well, money. Yeah, but, what, what, give me a red recommendation and a white. It could be a region, it could be the producer, it could be both. What are you thinking about that? You're a retailer. I'm not going to be able to help you here. Okay. I don't know what anything sells for. Okay. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Do you, was, in the I, back of your mind, know that certain thing like Portugal is a good yeah, value now we, yeah, now, for now, a red? Okay, That's now, what now, I'm okay, saying. Okay, now we can talk. Now, okay, now we can talk about, hey, yeah, Portugal on the reds and whites out of, uh, uh, out of Porto. Are I, in I a think, great value I, I price think, range. For, I, think, I think the whites out of Corsica. 
Okay, uh, I, here I think, we go. I think the, I think the whites. But the are, Corsican are they, whites the, fall. You know, are they twenty twenty five? Yeah, they're twenty twenty five dollar okay. wines. Okay, uh, I mean, know. I mean, they're a bit. Yeah, uh, and uh, um, that's good enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm, that's I, good I, enough. I, uh, All right, can you answer so the Sicily? wine and food pairing question? Now, what was that question again? What's your favorite wine and food pairing? Hmm. It's, it's crazy that you can't answer that. I just can't try, try You to can't even go to like the old standby roast chicken and burgundy? No. Uh, like a nice fresh ch- French breast chicken? Well, I, the. the uh, what, what All right, I, let's pour that wine because that's yeah, our next we'll thing. We'll pour that. But, but I would say now that we've kind of really hit this, I, I, my favorite thing to eat, there's no question about it. I mean, there are, I, I have a bunch of favorite things like white asparagus and, and I, I, uh, sweet breads. I love sweet breads. Wait, okay. wait, you, okay, you, you said gonna, white I'm asparagus? Gonna, yes. What pairs with that? Okay. White. Okay. Actually, Rhone wines pair nicely. Rhone, white, Rhone white, 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 white with oily, okay. that oily, anything that gives you that oily kind of petroleum kind of flavor. Any cut from, age, from uh, age uh, Riesling? Doesn't age Riesling and, and age, a little okay. petrol? Okay, but you, my favorite thing to eat is steak. Okay, I love steak. You okay, said that a few and and what's, what and what's my favorite wine to drink with a steak? I I'm would say, say Barolo, or and Burgundy. I would say Barolo. Okay. okay, so that's the answer. That wasn't that hard. All right, pour the wine. Okay. I'm going to set it up. Every week, we taste a different wine on air. If we have a winemaker, let him show his wares. If we have a psalm, what's cool on the list? You know, I have Eli here, who has, you know, obviously established himself on the show as a bit of an expert and a collector. So I said to Eli, when I come in, pick a wine that's kind of reflects what you like, the vibe, the restaurant, you know, nothing that's too crazy and outrageous. So tell me what we're drinking. Hand me a glass. Okay. I'm going to give you this glass. I want you to notice how much is in it. Okay. So is this, so it is literally the lower fifth. Yeah. It's a lower, this is the amount of wine that you should get, that, that should be poured uh, on your first, on, 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 because I think the relationship of the amount of wine to the volume of the glass, and also you, you, uh, the glass is so important to me. I mean, even even uh, I, I've never been able to taste wine unless the glass is really. And I'm I'm not good at tasting wine sitting down. So I have you'll to match up. glasses. You want a red wine glass yeah. and a white wine glass. I can yeah. use the same. I can use the same glass for white and red. This you can. Yeah. This seems this like is, a multi-purpose yeah. glass. Yeah, this is a multi-purpose. It's not too small no. for a red and no. I think <clears throat> it, all right. So that's what? Why, what did that's you? That's why. That's why you can't. That you can, as you said, a fifth is probably fifth. Yeah, is maximum on that. <coughs> so you're and saying this is always the pour. Yes. Just keep refilling. This it is to the, always don't the give pour. a guy. This is always the pour. Thirty percent half the glass. Right. This. 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 Come back and and keep giving them. Uh, if. Right, if you're so, there to enjoy the wine, if, you, if you're there to... Nobody has it, ever, it, it, ever if you, if you, said that. All right, so okay. what are we drinking? Okay, we're drinking a Maurice, Maurice Saint-Denis from uh, Domaine Arlo. A-R-L-A-U-D. I, okay. 06, I didn't realize. It's got some bottle age. 
Right. We. That's what I said. We. When you when you come in here, this isn't just for you, Sam. This is for no, the. Per, this I is, get it now. I mean, that's for, that's not the uniqueness, but that's what you get here. This is what you, you get. You're going to get a a, a bottle okay. with some age on right. it. And I offer. I also offered the the O four from from Lafarge, and I offered you an O uh, an O eight from uh, from Trappe because those wines those wines are going to be delicious. Could they be more delicious in five or 10 years? I think so. You still but they're think going to be delicious They'll drink now. well now. Yeah. Which they're, we discussed earlier. You're going to hold a wine. Okay. The reason I gave you Arlo is that of, of, of the, the first group of, of uh, wine makers, and depends how many people you put in that group, I, Arlo makes that first group. And his wines, value-wise, I think are... are at the very lowest end of that. He is a completely organic, biodynamic producer. He's biodynamic? Biodynamic, and has been since he took over for his father. I met the family. I've been seeing Arlo since... This is one of the people I visit almost... Now, I don't visit everybody every year, otherwise I wouldn't be able to. But I visit uh, visit Cyprian almost every year, okay? I got Skernick to import the wine because I thought he was... uh, he was not known here in this country. Was he represented by someone else? Or no. You got him his first importer. Yeah. When so, was this? 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. Uh, or something of the sort. Okay. Uh, but it was really good that Michael listened to me. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I I'm sure everybody re- recommends wine. I, I don't want to okay. flatter okay. you, but I don't know why he wouldn't. Okay. You know? But, but at any rate, I, 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 Cyprian is a wonderful man. He's like a Boy Scout. And that's what he is a Boy Scout. He is honest and straightforward and tall and good looking and a great family package, man. Yeah. And he's got five daughters <clears throat> and and uh and they they work How old together. Is he now? Uh he's uh, like fifty-five. He's young. He's young. His his oldest daughter is like seventeen or six, you know. And uh um I, I think that his wines and he has a negoce, too, that he's doing. But in the negoce, he farms the land. Oh, so he has he's full not, control. Like he has full control. He's not he doesn't let do anything. Or... He doesn't do anything that he doesn't have full control right. on. And so his negoce wines are delicious. They're, they usually represent very good value. Okay. Are and they, they uh, Domain Arlode or Arla or are they, uh, they are, are they a different name? Uh, domain is the main, and I don't know what they call the. Okay. Uh, the ghost. Anyway, I'm not here to sell his wines, but uh, but I chose him because he represents. He rents a, First of all, the wines are elegant. Yep, very the, elegant. The, the, you can look at this the is color. A, this, this is a, a young wine for an 06. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. Uh, 15, that 17 yeah. years, 16 years, 17 Crazy. years. Yeah. But you're. But, I mean, really it, fresh on the nose fresh, and on the palate. Exactly. Exactly. Tell me a little about Moray Saint Denis. Well, Moray Saint Denis is uh, uh, it's not as well known uh, right. as as more the other communes. Actually, we stay in a hotel in Moray Saint Denis. Uh, I can't remember the but name. But that's of it. to our earlier question. The values are going to be in places like that. Well, they're really going to be in. They're really going to be. Uh, we said on the Cote de Nuit. Uh, on the uh, not uh, the not the Cote de Nuit, but on the. Um, um, where? Area of of, of uh, right, not uh, but even the Cote de Mon. I mean the uh, um, I forgot what I said, but that, that's what right. I said the first time was correct. 
Right. So um, anyway, so this is and and so all these three people are people I've been visiting for. So 20 Lafarge, years. you know, has always been made Lafarge, making great, great stuff. Great and wines. tell me about Trappé. Trappé Tra- has, has is, not been around forever. Yes, he has been. His he family has. has been making wine for generations. He is. He is also a naturalist. He has been. He has been biodynamic. From be, do you know, do you his. Do you look for that? Do you require that? Not do you lean toward it's it's no, not no, but, but I do. do you recognize that those wines are more vibrant and lively because of how I, they're I, treating I, the I, soil I, and all I, that? I, I do. I, I do. That's and, the most and, important and, thing. Uh, not to I, go after a label, but to no, go I do forget about it's you taste the wine and, and is it more full is it, it does it have more in it energy and then you and then you say then you, all of a sudden you turn around and you find out the person has been practicing biodynamics uh, uh, you know all right uh, one last question and we got to wrap up i yeah. got to let you go sasha popped this head in what's a good pairing for a wine like that can you eat steak with that oh yeah you what could, else is could. good with that? Chicken? Could. Yeah, well, you could eat anything. Yeah, yeah, certainly chicken. I think sweetbreads would go really nicely. You're a big sweetbread guy? I love sweetbreads. <laughs> I, I, I also like calves' brains. I like that uh, when they're, they, they, they put breadcrumbs and you saute them in brown butter. Uh, I, I love things like that. We're also doing a kind of, uh, it's kind of a head cheese that we put on a warm plate. And so it kind of melts and the gelatinous aspect tastes good with Is that this. called pacha? It's like a pachá. Okay. It's a French, <laughs> French, 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 French pachá. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Yeah. All right, I, Eli, I, we got to wrap up, all right? Let me do a quick wrap up, and then I want to ask you for some info. So if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Subscribe to the Grape Nation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Leave a review if you like your if you like the podcast. Also, subscribe. By subscribing, the podcast will be delivered to you automatically, and there's Eli ready to talk to you. Follow us on Instagram at SBenRuby, on Twitter at BenRuby. You can always reach us on those two with our hashtag, The Grape Nation. Um, we're on Facebook at The Grape Nation. As I mentioned, or if I didn't, I will post the answers to Eli's wine list, and I will list the weekly wine sip wine on all our social media in the coming week. Um, so, Eli... I can't see why people wouldn't be intrigued if they just want to go to one place or a central place to find, like, where's this restaurant or where's the store or what's the best place to go? To find where we are? Yes, online, let's say. Well, we have an online presence. Uh, what's it called? Eli Zabar? Uh, okay. Yeah, so just Google Eli's Eli Zabar yeah, and yeah, it'll Eli's come to everything. You'll find it. And I didn't ask you this. Yeah. Are you or Sasha, are you active on social media? Or? Sasha is. Okay. Sasha, I don't on know. behalf of yes, all the Sasha entities? Sasha runs social media okay, here. I have no idea. Because there's too much going on that you shouldn't <laughs> share it. So I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, I will ask Sasha what all the handles are and I'll publish them. All right. I want to thank my guest, Eli Zabar, for... I scammed him into telling him I talked to him for about an hour. There's no way I knew I'd sit with this guy for an hour. So we went long. So thank you for hanging in hey, there. This has been great. You're, you're, Sam, you're absolutely unique. It's it's a listen. And a pleasure. It's, it's easy to do this when it's with guys like you because we both stand here and our eyes, eyes light up and it's just fun to talk about all this stuff. Right. So thank you to everyone at the Heritage Radio. Thank you to Heritage Radio Network. Thank you to my engineer, Armin. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation. 
The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.